Hey, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world, of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. So today I want to unpack the phrase, if he wanted to, he would. And I want to unpack this because I feel that when phrases or statements or advice go really viral online like this one everyone seems to try to apply it to their unique situation and we lose sight of the nuances we lose sight of the circumstances and the context of our own relationship right when it's a relationship advice i think it's really quick for us to lose sight of like the person that we're with and the context of our relationship in relation to that quote, in relation to that phrase, because everyone is essentially agreeing with it because it's viral. So on some level, we feel that, okay, it must be true. It must be right. Let me try to apply it to my situation. Oh my God, this made me feel worse about what's going on in my relationship or, oh my God, this really helped me. And I feel that this phrase can be very helpful in some situations maybe a lot of situations, but not every situation. I feel like it's a a very case-by-case thing. And I think with viral, powerful, insightful advice that comes through on social media accounts or from teachers or therapists or coaches, it's immediately recognized as truth. And sometimes we take it as absolute truth and don't really filter it through our own discernment. So This one is one of many, but I would just like to break this one down and kind of invite us to notice the nuances. So let's get into it. So if he wanted to, he would, or if they wanted to, they would. So this is a conversation, not just for women to be tuning in or feminine dominant beings to be tuning in, but also for men to receive some level of value from or insight from as well. And so... With that said, I feel this phrase is really powerful, is really insightful. Another quote comes to mind, which is that you have everything. You are the whole package. You're just at the wrong house. And I think that's the phrasing. I think that's the quote is you are the whole package. You're just at the wrong house. Right. And so I feel that this kind of complements that phrase. When you think of if he wanted to, he would right? So find somebody that wants to. And so it feels kind of the same in a way. 
because it's like, okay, I'm not getting this from this relationship. Maybe it's because this person isn't my person. Maybe it's because this person is immature. Maybe it's because this person can't really meet me where I want them to meet me. So why spend my time investing in this relationship and pouring myself constantly, 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 and just to feel unmet? So with that, we're like, okay, great. And we see a quote like this, we see a phrase like this, and we're like, wow, that makes sense, right? If he wanted to, he would. And so with that, I can probably walk away from the situation. I can probably validate my disappointment in him. I can probably validate my frustration around the situation and then do something about it. And so that is actually happening to a lot of people. When I think of where this could be applied. I think of relationships where people are neglected, where people just aren't met on a deep level, where partners have asked repeatedly from things that they wanted from their partner, from things that they felt weren't being seen or being given space to be heard. And so from that, it makes sense. Like if he wanted to, he would, because most people do mature. Most people do start doing the things that we wanted them to, but sometimes it's for other people. When I think of me and the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm doing for my relationship now, there's nobody, not even my own mom, that could have got me to mature in the way that I'm maturing now. Nobody. Like communicating, when I think of just showing up in the way that I'm showing up now, there's nothing like there are people, there are relationships that I've been in. There's friendships that I've been in where I couldn't give the level of dedication and commitment and just presence that I'm giving the relationship that I'm in now. And it was in those situations, it was like, yeah, if I wanted to, I would have. Right. And but I think I I just didn't want to. I didn't maybe value the person enough. I wasn't really committed to the relationship enough or I didn't really value the friendship that I was in or cared to hear what my mom had to say or really valued her opinion on the choices I was making. And so when I met somebody like my partner, who I deeply respect, I deeply value and I deeply care about and that I like really, really value and respect her insight, her perspectives and what she sees in me, I take that into consideration and then I compute it and find the ways inside of myself that are capable of changing that, that are capable of improving. With that said, let's kind of talk about these other cases where it really doesn't apply and it's probably harmful to actually try to integrate this piece of advice. Understanding the context of a relationship is important before you try to apply any relationship advice you receive from another person or online. Because if I'm in the dating stage, if I'm in the talking stage of a relationship, the first two months, me saying that if he wanted to, he would, is actually not really useful or helpful to the betterment of the relationship. One, I just started dating this person. I don't really know them. They don't really know me on a deep level, right? So 
the things that I want him to do or the things that I want her to do, it's going to take some time before they really grasp that this is a need that I have. This is something that means the world to me. This is something that fills me up. This is something that I really dislike. So when you think of having a partner that shows up on your birthday and gives you gifts, showers you with flowers, takes you on trips, those things are actually understood and kind of cemented in somebody's memory and understanding of your love language and the way that you need love probably after six months of dating. It's just very clear to them that, wow, this person really needs this thing to feel safe, to feel heard, to feel respected, whatever it is. So we've been in the relationship long enough to just really feel each other out and kind of get to know each other. Because we have to be honest that in the first couple of months of dating, everyone's wearing their best suit. Everyone's wearing their best mask. And this is what Terry Real calls this phase, this honeymoon phase, this kind of first I'm meeting you, we're getting to know each other. This phase, Terry Real calls love without knowledge. In this phase, we are seeing the other person through rose-colored lenses. So we're presenting our best selves and also performing in a way, right? Because we want the person to see us. We want the person to reach out to us again and schedule another date or hang out with us again or want to pursue a relationship. And so we're putting on our best suits. And once those parts of us exhaust themselves, right, the true self can come out, which includes pieces of that, but also includes more of the things that we were trying to shield or hide or conceal from the person. So once that really comes in, we can get a picture. We can get a whole picture of what we're really dealing with, who we're really dating. And so from there, like all these other things start to happen. So applying this advice, if he wanted to, he would, really isn't useful in the early stages of dating if this is your situation, right? Because again, like I said, you're still getting to know them and they're still getting to know you. And so that means that this person, just as you are, is trying to see, is this in good? Is this a good investment of my time, attention, and energy? Is this a good investment? And it takes time to understand that. It takes time to really ground into whether that is or whether it's not. And so the things that he probably would like to do or the things that she would probably like to do are probably going to be more available to you, the person really feels safe with you when they feel like, wow, this person isn't going to reject me. This person does care about me. This person does love me. All these other parts can come out and feel like, wow, I, I want to dedicate myself to you. I want to shower you with love. I want to do all of the things. And so sometimes even for men or women, that looks like giving them the, the husband or the wife treatment. And so it looks like starting to embody what it would feel like to be their husband or starting to embody what it feel like to be their wife, right? Because wife or husband is not a title, it's an embodiment. So at any given stage in your relationship, you can actually start to embody that. If the person you are with 
feels deserving and worthy of that energy, you can actually start bringing it forward in the relationship. And so that's what I started doing. I know for myself, my partner is the woman I want to be with for the rest of my life. So I've already started tuning into what does it feel like to embody the energy of a good husband? And so I've been working and bringing that forward into our relationship. And I'm sure in her own space, she's been doing the same thing. So what I'm saying is that the things that people want to do sometimes are reserved for a certain space of the relationship. Sometimes they're reserved for a certain level of intimacy, a certain level of connection, a certain level of safety before they can actually do those things for you or before they can actually present those things to the relationship. And so that doesn't actually excuse when you voice a boundary and the person's like not honoring or respecting that boundary. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the things that people say, if he wanted to, he would. If he wanted to bring you flowers, he would. If he wanted to take you out on dinner dates, he would. If he wanted to do all of these things, right, that make you happy, that make you feel loved, that make you feel committed to, he would. And so the other piece that we're kind of avoiding when we say that is the responsibility we have to communicate our needs, to communicate our expectations, to communicate our boundaries, our likes and our dislikes. Because often when this phrase is being communicated in any context, usually the other person is expecting their partner, their friend whoever it is, to be a mind reader. So it's like, if he wanted to, he would. No, did you communicate your needs? Did you voice what you needed them to do in order for you to feel safe, happy, loved, respected, or trusted? And so your partner might not know that every time your birthday comes up, you like to go out on a trip. You like to be taken out and be showered with love, gifts, and affection. They might not know that if you don't voice it. So then your birthday approaches and they get you one gift. They wish you happy birthday. But they didn't get you all those other things that you actually wanted. And then you read a quote online and then you say to yourself, if he wanted to, he would. No, actually, you avoided the responsibility to voice your needs. Why? It feels very vulnerable and scary to say, hey, it would mean a lot to me if we went out on dinner dates or if you planned a trip on my birthdays because that really means a lot to me and it makes me feel really special on my birthday, right? So if you're not taking the time out to communicate the things that you expect from the other person, then why are you holding them accountable to not doing the things that you didn't take the time out to communicate that meant a lot to you? So this is going to be very individualized to your given unique situation. So what I'm saying is that this advice, any advice, isn't a one size fits all, right? You have to really tune into what is the context of my relationship. If you're married with three kids and you've been constantly voicing that you need more support around the house you need more time for yourself, you need this person to the dishes or help you cook, whatever it is. And you're at the stage where you're begging for the person to listen to you, to acknowledge your feelings or to meet your needs, then 
yeah, that person really isn't capable of doing that. They don't have the capacity. They're not available for it. And so with that, yes, if he wanted to, he would. If they wanted to, they would. And they're just not doing it. These things should always be integrated with a level of discernment and kind of like a groundedness around what am I doing in the relationship, right? So a lot of us use a quote like this to actually reinforce our own stories of unworthiness. Like if he wanted to, he would, which now you feel more unworthy because it means that if he wanted to, he would have, but you're probably not deserving of that. And so it reinforces this story that, oh, wow, I'm not deserving of the things that I need in this relationship. And so we all have to take accountability and ownership over our self-fulfilling prophecies that are anchored in our limiting beliefs. Like, I feel unworthy of love. So when somebody is not meeting me, quote unquote, meeting me in love, then I get to actually keep that story running. And that actually might not be what's happening. There might be several nuances to the situation. For example, we just focus on men. There's a lot of good men out here that really do want to make their woman happy, make her feel safe, make her feel cherished. But they're just fucking clueless. They're uninformed. And a lot of them are just misguided. And they don't really know how to make that happen. So in the relationship, they're getting those opportunities to understand how to make a woman happy, how to make a woman feel safe. And so it's their responsibility to be willing to do the work in order for that to happen. But that's 50% of the conversation. The other 50 is having a partner that is capable of voicing those needs voicing those boundaries, voicing those feelings so that they can rise to meet that, so that they can rise to maturity. So putting men in these situations to kind of just figure it out themselves when you haven't voiced your needs and when you haven't communicated what you want them to do is a form of self-sabotage, really, because you get to remain in this perpetual cycle of disappointment in men. And it's like, oh my God, he didn't do it again. Oh my God, he just doesn't get it. Oh my God, how could he not know that I wanted this at this time? And it's like, you have to understand, men are not mind readers. We're not, we're not good at it. Women are probably more, are are probably a lot better at reading minds if there was a scale of how telepathic or psychic men and women were. Women are probably higher on that scale than men. We're not good at that. We need direct communication. We need it concise. We need it specific. And we need it practical. And then from there, we can actually do something about that. If we want to. If we have the same values. So this is the other piece that people forget. Is that you may want somebody to do something. But they might not actually value that thing themselves. So if you want more time in nature with your partner, if you want to go on more trips together, if you want to explore the world, right? And you want to do things like that. If your partner doesn't value travel, if your partner doesn't value exploration or connecting to nature on a deep level, 
then no, he won't do it. He won't be available for that because it's not that he doesn't want to. It's because you both aren't on the same page. You don't have the same values. So if you value spiritual development, if you value maybe religion, right? Or if you like to spend time with family or you want a big family and you're with your partner and you're at a certain stage of your relationship and you haven't done any of these things, you haven't went on spiritual retreats together, you haven't traveled to new countries, you haven't connected with their family on a deep level. You haven't talked about what kids you want to have. So that may not be because the person doesn't want to. It's just you guys don't have the same values. You chose a partner who didn't value the same things that you valued. And so this is what happens in a lot of relationships. People get into relationships without getting very clear or in touch with what their values are, what they need to feel respected, what they need to feel loved, what they need to feel trusted, and then hop into a relationship unaware of these things and expecting people to actually be able to meet those very things that they're unaware of, that they are not in touch and connected to. It's like, how are you setting up your relationship, your future relationships for success? How are you setting yourself up to actually meet and attract somebody that is going to honor your boundaries if you don't even know what your boundaries are? How are you going to attract somebody that's going to share your same values and help you nurture those values if you don't even know what your values are? How are you going to meet and attract somebody that's going to be able to meet and honor and respect your needs if you're not even aware of what your needs are and what happens inside of your body when those things aren't met? And so what happens instead, instead of holding ourselves accountable and saying like, whoa, I never really took the time out to spend time with myself, to be in solitude and to get really familiar with these aspects of myself. Instead, we actually avoid that responsibility and then become resentful of the other person for not doing the things that we didn't even voice to them that we needed. So I think it's actually more effective and more useful instead of saying, if they wanted to, they would, we can say, if they valued the same things that you did, they would. If you took the time to voice your needs, then they would. If I took the time to choose somebody that valued the same things that I do, then they would have. So my point with this is that we cannot be upset at our family, our friends, or our partner for not meeting our unspoken needs, boundaries, and expectations. It's actually very unhealthy because it's just a recipe for resentment. So I really want the women that are with good men, that are dating good men or just interested in a good man to understand that men are really clueless, like we're clueless on what women want. And it's because we've been misinformed. And what I mean by misinformed is that we were educated on what women wanted from other men. 
that we're also misinformed and that we're also educated by other men. We were educated by locker room talk. We were educated by porn. We were educated by watching scenes in a movie directed by a guy that also was unaware of the importance of consent, foreplay, safety. We were also informed about what women want by our mothers who weren't in touch with their own needs and feelings. So just to get a picture of what men are dealing with and are trying to overcome when they're trying to be in relationship with a woman and actually make her happy, actually make her feel safe. We're trying to unlearn all of the things that have been implanted into our minds by other men that didn't know what the fuck was going on, that didn't know what women really wanted. Because this is the thing we do. We talk about what women want. We talk about women's sexuality from the place that values our performance, from the place that values our qualities and our attributes. Like she loved it when I did this because it's validating us, right? It's strengthening our own confidence and boosting our self-esteem, sometimes to a fault. But all men are doing this between each other. So when I'm talking to my friends, when I'm talking to a group of men, I'm not telling them about how I wasn't meeting my partner's needs. I'm not telling them about how sexually dissatisfied she is. No, I'm creating a story about how I'm killing it and how she loves this and how she loves that. And the guy that's listening to that is going to take that as a form of education for himself. Like, oh, okay, so that's what women want. Okay, cool. But we've been doing this since we were 12. We've been doing this since we were little boys, trying to figure out what do women want? What does a woman want in a man? How do we make a woman happy? We've been getting insight from this from other men who have no fucking clue. Just understand that men are going to need a lot of communication. And that actually supports you in clearing the anxiety and the fear around voicing your needs, around voicing your boundaries. Because when you're with a good man, and again, this is for the women that are with good men, you will be able to receive openness, understanding, and a willing heart. Because once you voice that need, like I really, it would mean a lot to me if you started doing this. It would mean a lot to me if you met me in this space. Once you voice that and you're met with understanding, there's a part of yourself that's going to be able to rewrite this story that voicing my needs, voicing my boundaries is a dangerous event. And so when you can be in these relationships and practice voicing that, you're not just supporting the guy that you're dating or the, the man that you're married to. You're supporting yourself in breaking free of that story. And then the guy is receiving your insight, receiving your opinions, receiving your views, receiving the communication of your needs. And from there, he's also able to unlearn the things that he learned about what women want that only validated his entitlement. 
So from there, two people, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's always benefiting both parties because both people get to be new people. Like both people get to clear and free themselves from what they've known. That's the beauty about love is that it is freedom from the known. And that's also the scary part about it. When we're in these relationships, we are freed from the things that we've come to know as normal, things that we've come to know as familiar, right? When I know for myself, the trauma that I've experienced is familiar to me. The unhealthy communication I experience is familiar to me. And so love gives me an opportunity to free myself from that and discover a new world. But that's the scary part. That's what I perceive as dangerous. But it's actually a catalyst to my own awakening. It's actually the catalyst to me being a better person. And so both of these opportunities are always presented to both people in the relationship. So from this conversation, I don't want people to start like creating a list of all of the shit they want their partner to do. It's like important to tune into like how we set our, our partners and ourselves up to fail by creating these unrealistic expectations. Because part of noticing what we want is noticing the feeling beneath the desire. If I have a desire or a want for my partner to spend quality time with me. Maybe that could be, you know, two hours in nature together or, you know, uh, a date together or a fun activity at the park or at a trampoline place. Whatever it is, I have to see what is beneath that first because that frees me from the attachment to the outcome. So if I'm not attached to the outcome and I'm in tune with the feeling that's being met beneath the outcome, then I can find new ways to still be met in that space. For example, if I recognize that my need for quality time is actually meeting the feeling of being connected to the other person, feeling like I'm special feeling like this person feeling like this person desires me feeling like this person cares or or values my presence if i can recognize that that is the feeling then i'm actually detached from the outcome of how that unfolds because i know for myself i just want to feel like i'm special i just want to feel like this person values my time i just want to feel like this person cares about being around me and wants to spend time with me so if they propose or if they do something with me that allows me to get that feeling met, then it doesn't matter what it looks like, right? And so from then, the person can be genuine and authentic with how they support me in getting that need met. And I don't create a box for them to move and express their love in. And then I don't attach myself to a specific desired outcome, and then become disappointed when it's not met because I'm actually in touch with the feeling beneath it all. And from there, I'm open. I'm like, whoa, as long as I get that feeling touched, right? If long as I get that feeling met, then I'm good with however you want to support me in feeling that, right? And so that's what we want to do with our relationships because once we recognize that having expectations is not fucked up, it's not 
a terrible thing to do. It's not harmful to your relationship. It's actually beneficial to your relationship. And we normalize having expectations with every relationship but our intimate ones. Like when you go to a job, when you apply for that job, they tell you, I expect you to have, you know, an MBA. I expect you to be proficient in Microsoft PowerPoint. I expect you to have 10 years of experience in this industry, right? And we look at those expectations and we say, wow, I agree with that. I can meet that expectation. So therefore, I'm going to apply to this job. And then we have an expectation from that job. I want benefits. I want a 401k plan. I want 30 minutes of a lunch break. And then so from there, when those expectations aren't met or we don't meet those expectations, there's a natural and an inevitable disagreement and a conversation that has to unfold to see how can we get on the same page? Because I agree to a certain expectation and you agree to meeting a certain expectation, right? So in every relationship, we present our expectations, but our intimate ones. And so we have to understand that expectations become harmful when they're unspoken. Like when we assume that somebody should know that this is what we want them to do. When we assume that we should know that that person should know that this is not going to be okay with this. That is when our expectations actually become harmful. Of course, when they're unrealistic, right? Like having a guy or having a girl that is the perfect expression of my fantasy woman. Like that's unrealistic, right? But what I'm talking about is those expectations that we have for being met in love, like being met in our needs, being met in our desires to feel respected, supported, and safe. Like those expectations we have to not only manage, but we have to make space to communicate to our partners so that they can have the opportunity to meet them. Because if we're with a good man or with a good woman, more likely than not, they're willing to do that. So with that said, I'm going to stop here. There's a lot I want to unpack, and I think I'll save it for another episode around the toxicity of the self-improvement culture, the self-improvement industry, even though I'm here giving advice and inside and stuff. I think it's also a trap in a lot of ways. And this episode is kind of highlighting in my own way how these quotes, these ideas, these insights that we receive online are traps in a way. They can really benefit us, but they can be traps. And the self-improvement world or culture is a trap in itself. There's there's stuff there that we have to be able to skillfully move with discernment when we're involved or we're on the healing path and we're receiving these insights and we're looking online to figure out what the fuck is going on in our lives or what's going on in our relationships or what choice to make. There's there's a trap there. And I would love to talk about that on another episode on possibly my next one. So so with that said, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a review. Let me know how this episode's been impacting you or how my last couple of episodes have been impacting you. And also share it with a friend that you feel would find value from this. And so with that, I will see you guys on the next one. Have a beautiful day and have a beautiful evening. Peace.